Hi there, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Father Greg. In this episode, we have a homily for Sunday, June 20th, 2021. Before we get to our homily, I'd like to take a moment to mention another event on our cultural calendar, Father's Day. Today we celebrate Father's Day, a day dedicated to expressing thanks to our fathers, grandfathers, and all the men in our lives who have shown us care and been positive role models to us. Please take some time today and this week to reach out to all the men who have had a positive influence on your life. Now let's listen to the Gospel reading for today. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. On that day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great gale arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe, and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? The Gospel of Christ May I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, for over a year now, a small collection of gift cards has been sitting idly in my wallet. Every time I open that portion of my wallet, I am reminded of family and friends who have expressed generosity at special occasions like Christmas or a birthday. Those gift cards came to mind with the return to in-person shopping last Friday. After a brief flirtation with patients, I decided that this past Monday was the day. I took the dog for a walk, then jumped in my car and headed off to our local Best Buy. Was I ever in for a shock? Sometime between bringing the dog inside and pulling out of our underground garage, the skies had opened up. My windshield wipers flew back and forth at blinding speed, just trying to keep up with the rain. I drove past a young man on a motorbike whose t-shirt had been plastered to his torso by the rain. Eventually, he had to pull over, jump off his bike, and ducked into a bus shelter to get out of the rain. I watched currents of water course over curbside drains as fingers of lightning lit the sky. Slow and steady, I stayed my course. By the time I arrived at my destination, the sun was out and the birds were singing. For the first time in months, I wound my way through aisles of electronics until I found my goal. Getting back into my vehicle, I drove home with the windows open, enjoying the cool, fresh air. As I read the gospel reading for today, I smiled at the coincidence. Mark's Gospel tells us a very similar story from early in Jesus' ministry. Jesus had just finished using a series of parables to teach his listeners about the things of God. 
we are told that when he spoke to larger crowds, he compared the things of God to things that were familiar to everyday people, using parables or metaphors. Mark goes on to tell us that Jesus spent more time explaining those parables to those who followed him more closely. As the day came to a close, we see Jesus determined to continue his teaching elsewhere. He invited his disciples to join him. Without further preparation, they left the crowd behind and began crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat. We don't know how long they were on the water before the storm hit, but we do know that it was long enough for Jesus to fall into a sound sleep. Mark described the storm as a great gale. But let's not forget that a number of Jesus' disciples were fishermen, and Mark tells us that they feared for their lives. I can imagine their anxiety swelling with every ounce of water that washed into the boat. And somehow, Jesus continued to sleep. Mark tells us that he lay asleep on a cushion in the stern of the boat. If only he would wake up, put his hand on the rudder, and steer them to safety. It's a powerful image, as though Jesus were asleep at the proverbial wheel. Finally, in fear for their lives, the disciples wake Jesus up, asking him if he even cared whether they were about to live or die. When Jesus was finally roused from his slumber, he calmed the weather and then turned his attention to the disciples. They had just survived a harrowing storm, seemingly afraid for their lives. And here's Jesus asking them whether they even have any faith at all. Did you notice how Mark described their reaction? He said that in response to Jesus' miracle, the disciples were filled with great awe. One source defines awe as an emotion variously combining dread, veneration, and wonder that is inspired by authority or by the sacred or sublime. The story begins with the disciples fearing the great power of the storm. It concludes with them awestruck by Jesus displaying even greater power and being able to silence the storm that had threatened them. Our reading for today concludes with the disciples talking amongst themselves and asking, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Taking this story in its context within Mark's gospel helps us answer this question. Last week, we heard the tail end of Jesus' teaching describing the kingdom of God as a growing reality in our world. We are told that when Jesus spoke to the crowds, he taught in parables, but that he took time to explain those parables even further to his disciples. Jesus' teaching about how to recognize God at work in the world is punctuated by a miracle in which Jesus himself exercises power over the elements of nature. This miracle, this show of power over creation, came hard on the heels of those teachings about recognizing the kingdom of God. Furthermore, the very first thing that Jesus would do when they got to shore was to perform an exorcism. I don't think the timing of these two miracles was a coincidence. 
By performing these two miracles in relatively quick succession, Jesus showed his power over both the natural world and over the spiritual world. When we combine Jesus' teaching about the kingdom of God with these two very powerful miracles, we begin to see God's kingdom at work in the person of Jesus Christ. As always, it's worth asking what practical application this has to our daily lives. First of all, this miracle account makes a deliberate statement about Jesus' identity. The ability to command the very forces of nature serves as a bold reminder that Jesus is God, up close and in person. With just a few words, Jesus displayed power and authority that remains beyond human ability. Judging by their response, the disciples were still struggling to understand who Jesus truly was and is. Jesus confronts them by asking why they are afraid and whether or not they understand who he truly is. Elsewhere, Jesus would put this question another way, asking his disciples, Who do you say that I am? So the first question that this text invites us to consider surrounds our answer to the question, Who do we say that Jesus is? Do we consider Jesus to be a teacher, a miracle worker, or something infinitely more? Last week, we considered the persistent nature of the kingdom of God. Today, we get another glimpse of that persistence. Calming the storm is a sign of Jesus' persistence to continue with his mission. He was persistent over nature and over the disciples' inability to understand. He persistently continued on to the other side, inviting the disciples along so that they might have a share in the work that he was about to do. Secondly, this story invites us to consider how we experience God in times of crisis. The calming of the seas is just one example of many miracles performed by Jesus all throughout the Gospels. He gave sight to the blind, he healed the paralyzed, and even raised Lazarus from the dead. But there's a way in which each of those miracles were the exception and not the norm. The blind man had his sight restored for a time, but he no longer sees. The paralytic rose and walked for a while, but today he lies motionless in the tomb. Lazarus came back from the dead, but after a few years, he eventually died again. Throughout history, both in scripture and beyond, we begin to see that miracles are not some kind of magical cure allowing us to escape our finite mortal condition. Rather, miracles function as symbols that point us to something that lies beyond our natural experience of life. Miracles occur to give us glimpses into the eternal reality of God's kingdom. They are signals to encourage us, reminding us that God is with us and that God's kingdom is at hand. This might be most evident in Jesus' greatest miracle of all, 
As Christians, we celebrate that even Jesus himself didn't avoid death, but that he faced it head-on, and then he conquered it. Today's text offers us the assurance that God is present despite the storms that we may experience in life. We are reminded that we are offered glimpses of hope when turmoil swells. But more than that, when those glimpses pass, we have the promise of enduring citizenship in God's domain. Let's pray. Saving God, enter the flood and storm of chaos and confusion, and speak peace to our fearful hearts, so that we might find our faith in Him, whose word brings rest to all creation. Through Jesus Christ, Lord of wind and wave. Amen.